This is not complicated, just green. And it's time for an installment of Common Sense for Better Construction. We're bridging the information gap to help you reach a brighter future in the built world. Today's episode is sponsored by Creative Interface Architecture and Interiors, making sustainable construction practically impactful. Check us out at www.creativeinterface.design. Welcome friends, I'm your host James, and I'm very excited to share with you the second in a three-part series, and this one is pretty inspirational. I'm gonna introduce you to Duncan Ward. He's the founder and CEO of Classroom of Hope, a purpose-driven organization providing access to life-changing education for children in developing countries. They build sustainable schools that are safe and secure in some of the most rural communities of Rwanda, Laos, Cambodia, Myanmar, and Indonesia. In nine years, they have developed 84 schools serving over 24,000 students. In June 2021, they built the world's first block school and Apex first block home using block solutions technology and recycled plastic. They have a pipeline to build 200 block schools and 4,000 block homes for recycled plastic waste in Indonesia while creating a new circular economy. Duncan has made it his life's mission to end global education crisis by fighting plastic pollution and the climate crisis. This is one of three episodes dedicated to block solutions. Please stay tuned and listen to part one and part three of this series. Enjoy. I started the charity called Classroom of Hope because I wanted to give a bit more back to people and to planet uh, because in my corporate life, I was pretty much uh, living quite selfishly, to be honest. And I started Classroom of Hope and our purpose was to provide access to education to children in developing countries. Um, and how we were doing that is we were partnering with local NGOs to, to implement uh, school building programs uh, in rural communities that had high poverty as well as uh, disaster zones. What led me to uh, Block Solutions was um, in 2018, we had the, uh, the major earthquakes that happened in Lombok in Indonesia. Indonesia being on the ring of fire, which is very high risk to uh, earthquakes and disasters. And it was significant. 500 people died, 90,000 homes were destroyed, over 1,000 schools were destroyed. And we were part of the, uh, the first responding uh, emergency response in search and rescue, food and water, originally and then eventually getting kids into temporary pop-up schools so that we can get kids feeling safe and secure in an earthquake resistant uh, five-year temporary structure. It was uh, quite shocking to see uh, the disaster and what happened to those communities on that island. And I had some meetings with the government of Indonesia and the governor of Lombok and TB. And uh, we needed to come up with a permanent solution that was going to provide a safe and secure space for students to thrive and to learn. And if there was a future earthquake, that they were earthquake resistant. So myself and a few consultants, we, uh, we got together and started scouring the globe for what are the best technologies out there that we can build earthquake resistant classrooms that, uh, but out of recycled plastic. You know, plastic is such a major issue and Indonesia being the second largest polluter in the globe. So when we- um, didn't realize yeah, yeah, that's right. So Indonesia's second largest force is China. Third, I believe, is uh, either the Philippines or Vietnam. So how do we take that plastic waste and convert it into a value stream for communities? So we came across a couple of organizations in the globe that were doing great work and uh, creating plastic bricks. And then we came across uh, Block Solutions, and I was introduced to the CEO and, uh, and the founder, uh, Marcus, who invented the technology. And uh, we agreed to bring uh, Blocks over to Indonesia to build a concept as the first step. 
And what really blew my mind away was is that we were able to build a five-classroom school in a matter of six days, which incredible. International development is just unheard of, right? Yeah. You're building schools um, in rural communities of Africa and Asia, you're looking at three to six months minimum. So to do it that efficiently and having it circular where it's been produced out of recycled plastic and it being more durable and it will last 100 plus years because it's plastic, uh, ticked all the boxes in terms of sustainability. Um, you know, And then we start getting into the the space of climate where now all of a sudden we're building structures where we can reduce our carbon emissions by about 4.4 tons per classroom. You know, construction's the third biggest emitter of, uh, of um, carbon into the atmosphere. So we need to have that climate lens on, we need to have that environmental lens on, we need to have the sustainability lens on and the social impact lens. So that was the journey of getting towards uh, Block Solutions and forming a partnership with them to build these concepts that we could showcase to the government. We did that. It was a good success. And then after building the first school since then, we've now built six block schools and we've built two block homes on the island of Lombok. And then we formed a partnership to um, set up uh, Block Solutions Indonesia, which has now been incorporated and has a small team. And we managed to get investment into the country. Uh, from Europe to build Indonesia and Asia's first block factory. That should be completed uh, uh, sometime in Q4 of 2022. And then we will start producing the blocks from locally sourced materials, recycled plastic. And we have a pipeline to build 200 schools over four years and uh, 4,000 homes over 10 years, which is about 33 homes per month and four schools per month. And that will be the disaster relief program. I mean, it's taken us... Gosh, since 2018, we're in 2022 now. Bear in mind, we had the pandemic that we can execute these programs and rebuild that island sustainably. So I want to back you up to when you first got over there and you started to try and implement this block. I can see the appeal of what the material that you're using in recycled plastic. I can see the appeal of how quickly it can be implemented. But I'm curious about what kind of reaction there was. Was there pushback or some misunderstandings? Was there a lot of people who didn't believe in this product when you first introduced it? Yeah, that is a very good question. So in international development, um, the research we've done at Classroom of Hope is the best kind of development is where you are listening to the locals. So first of all, we went and we sat down with the, uh, the government. We asked them, what are your local requirements? How do you want this school to be built? Not, hey, we're going to build you a school and this is how you should do it. Uh, so that uh, Western mentality for development doesn't work, is we want to empower the locals and make sure they're making those important decisions. So they gave us the um, the designs of how they wanted the school to look, mm -hmm. and they wanted it to look like a normal school, like a government school. So right. we built it like that, and we painted it like that. Okay. And it looks like a standard government school, except better. And, um, you know, and it we went had, much faster. Yeah. And much faster. And, you know, we had the governor come look at the school. We had the government come look. And since then, we've been evaluating how the project and the output is going for those communities by interviewing uh, the local mothers and fathers of ch children that are in those schools, interviewing some of the kids, uh, interviewing uh, the community leaders, as well as some of the government officials. And the feedback has been tremendously positive. To the point now where the teachers are actually talking to the students about plastic waste and how, why we can actually, why we should be removing all the plastic waste from our environment. So there's an educational part that's kicking in there now because one, they're in a recycled plastic block school and two, 
they were blown away that it's plastic and uh, now they're learning how to actually clean up their own environment and they're incorporating that into their educational curriculum. And to me, that's great because it's, um, you know, it's the youth, in my opinion, they're the ones that are going to change, change the world and make it better. Yeah. And them coming through learning about all of this is, is truly important at the time that we're, we're in right now, especially in our planet. So uh, the response has been good. Uh, very positive. You know, we've got families living in homes now that's, you know, lost their homes in the earthquakes and we've gone back to them and their families and asked them and they're happy as Larry, you know, and the feedback has been really, really positive. So um, our evaluation frameworks are there to give us the feedback so we can make the right decisions or tweak things if things aren't working. But local cultural perception is really important if you are going to bring a new product into these markets especially emerging markets. Share with me the impact that you think that this can have on how much pollution uh, and how much waste is being yeah. Uh, yeah. poorly handled over in those areas. Yeah. So for every classroom or every home that you're building, you're removing about 1.3 tons of plastic waste. Wow. So you start compounding that over uh, 200 schools or 4,000 homes, we're going into the thousands of tons that are being removed from the environment. So that's one aspect. And then when you start um, adding 4.4 tons per home or classroom of carbon that's being reduced, and when you compound that over 200 or 4,000 homes, you know, you're, you're making a significant impact on the planet and the, and the environment. And then, you know, let's go on a macro level now. Let's, let's say we've got four factories across Indonesia, which they will have. And we're doing this across multiple islands or across the region of Asia or the whole region of Africa. Now we're talking real global impact, and that is is really important at a time where our planet is so fragile and so vulnerable. So it is our responsibility within our sector and other sectors to do what we can to become as sustainable as possible and use the right products that are circular, circular economy, where we can use the resources that are uh, currently in our environment that's waste and turn it into a hero rather than a villain. So let's say that this succeeds, that this catches on in other places as well. What do you see as some of the other potential benefits? Some of these benefits are real easy to come up with. What are some of the benefits that we might not automatically uh, assume when we hear about this product? I mean, the general uh, benefits we've already discussed, but um, to me, whilst we're talking about disaster relief and international development and building schools and homes and affordable homes, to us, that's really the social impact um, uh, side of things and the low-hanging fruit and why Marcus developed this product and invented it. But when you start looking at the private sector, uh, for example, we've had organizations in the mining industry wanting to build uh, mining caps out of this mm. um, because, you know, these days ESG uh, is, is really important, you know, the uh, environment, uh, the social impact and the governance of corporations and them being sustainable and offsetting their carbon is uh, is really important for our planet right now. And that is one avenue uh, and, and values that uh, this product can bring as well. So um, the use cases, depending on the country, are quite different. You can build walls with this. You can build uh, villas with this. Mm -hmm. um, you can build uh, warehouses. You can build libraries. You can build toilets. The use cases go on. And uh, really just depends on each country. But it's refreshing to hear that the private sector is interested in engaging with this product as well, because even though it's the private sector and you're building a luxurious villa or you're building a five-star resort and you're integrating the blocks in there, you're still making an impact. Right. You're still impacting the environment. You're still impacting climate. And uh, you're cleaning up the environment. So uh, to me, I think 
that's other added value and other added use cases for this particular product. I'm sure Marcus will uh, come up with a, a lot more other benefits that I might not know. But uh, in my opinion, as someone that's a customer of this product, is this is the best I have seen so far. And it's, it's an ex exciting time for us to transition from the old ways to the new ways, from bricks and mortar into circular. Share with us some of the uh, limitations that you've seen and some of the things that you had to adjust about the way that you were building. Whatever the materials that you were using before, what were some of the differences in the capabilities of this one that made you have to adapt to a new building style? Yeah, what I've also been impressed with with the product, and again, here's another value, right, is when you're building with bricks and mortar, you're relying on the human resources that they are doing it correctly and mm -hmm. properly. And most cases, when you're building with bricks and mortar, errors come from humans. The blocks are modular. So it's a modular way of building. It's a system that forces you to build it the way that it is, like Lego. You can only build it one way and you can't make mistakes because they all fit into each other in a modular style. And that system means that there's less room for error. I've been super impressed with how the local contractors have adapted to, to this. We had a technical uh, officer come over from Finland and he built the first school with our local contractor and he transitioned the knowledge. Since then, it's been all locals building with it. It's lighter, so there's also less risk in terms of uh, health and safety. They're building it much faster and we can see that the local contractors are actually enjoying themselves while they're building with it. So it's the adaptation has actually been very, very easy because um, it's much easier to build with the blocks than it is with uh, the bricks and mortar, in my opinion. So as you um, have started to see some success, uh, talk to me about the momentum that you're building and what your plans are. You mentioned before uh, the number of homes that you have in mind. Uh, talk to me about how that's coming together and, yeah. and what your ambitions are for the future. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. We've got a grand vision. Uh, Marcus's vision within Block Solutions is to have 800 factories across the globe, which some people might think is is a bit too big, but it's actually quite small when you think about the global sector. It's, it's probably less than a percent of the global sector we're talking about. Classroom of Hope's vision as a customer of Block Solutions is we have our first major program on Lombok for the disaster relief to build those schools and build those homes. If you're looking at just Indonesia, there's about 21 million unlivable homes just in Indonesia, right? That is significant. When you start looking at countries like India, the Philippines, where there's high amounts of plastic waste and high amounts of demand for affordable housing, it's huge. So Classroom of Hope's vision is wherever there is a block factory across Africa and Asia in rural communities and there is significant demand for schools and for homes, we will be going there and we'll be partnering up with local NGOs to help them build the capacity on how to build with the blocks and then also launch uh, offtake programs in poverty areas and where uh, affordable housing is needed as well as um, schools, libraries, toilets to support uh, those that are at the lower part of the uh, socioeconomic ladder. So supporting other human beings that are in need and lifting out of poverty and giving them safe space to live and also to learn, I think, is really important to create a bit more balance and equity in the world. But to do it sustainably is a complete bonus. Our grand vision is is much bigger than just Lombok. That's just one program. And when we get traction with that, that's going to be a game changer. We've had government officials from multiple governments uh, and countries across Asia and Africa that have been reaching out to us, interested in the technology. So uh, once these factories are up in Lombok and also in Jakarta and in Indonesia, 
I think there's going to be significant press that comes out of it because it's tangible, it's real, it's action. This isn't just a story. There is really blocks being produced. And if that factory is producing and we've got all of a sudden 50 homes and 50 schools, that's a case study. And then we can share that across the region so that everybody can gain access to uh, to the technology. But uh, one step at a time and, you know, one foot ahead of the other. And uh, we just take it as we go. But there is a big vision that we're working towards here uh, to create global impact. Let's say some other people hear this and they're also excited by this. Uh, what are some of the things that you still need other than just fans and people who are emotionally supporting you just because they cheer you on? Yeah. What are some of the other sources of support? Yeah. that you guys are really in need of in order to make that vision become a reality. Yeah, so in terms of support, there's probably multiple facets there. One is obviously raising funds uh, for investment into block solutions to set up the global structure so that this can scale in an effective and efficient way. Good uh, business model and a good business structure with good human resources people to be able to implement this technology across the globe. So that's an important one. And then also providing support to our peers, you know, some of the other big builders, you know, the Habitat for Humanities, the Red Crosses, the various UN agencies, um, connecting and collaborating with them so that they can also understand and see the value of this tech in the work that they're doing so that they can get access to it. You know, in terms of a call to action, you know, if you want to learn more about Classroom of Hope, go to classroomofhope.org. Um, and there's a lot of information, hyperlapse videos. You can see and understand how the technology works. Um, there's a lot of fact sheets we've got on there as well. If you want to learn more about Block Solutions, go to blocksolutions.com and you can uh, get an understanding of their uh, technology and their business model for mass scale uh, to support this. Thank you for joining us, friends, for another serving of common sense. This was not complicated, just green. Sponsored by Creative Interface Architecture and Interiors. Redefining the impact of great design, one client at a time. Check us out at www.creativeinterface.design.